Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. A recipe for seduction starts now. This piping hot love affair of deep fried romantic goodness is presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Guys, you asked for it. We are delivering a recipe for seduction. This is a KFC mini movie. Lifetime joined up with KFC. You know I hate it. I hate to see it. I really was disappointed when the news of this came out. But I figured we could have some fun with it if we invited on Brian Beckner, who is a great friend of the show. Brian Beckner, thank you for being here. Hi. Hey, Molly. Thank you for having me back on Mother May I Sleep With podcast. It's a true honor. Of course. And for those of you who are members of our Patreon, you know that Brian and I are breaking down Laguna Beach. We've done some fun stuff on there. And we've also been breaking down Gigolos as well as the show Love Fraud on his Red Circle. We're doing a little trade, which I think is fun. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I talk a lot. You were the first person I thought of when I heard about this movie. I knew I was going to have to cover it. You know, do you know why I hate these sort of things? Branded content, you mean? No. Oh. Like, the Deadly Adoption movie with Will Ferrell, I didn't like that either. Yeah, Yeah, it's The James Franco version. Well, the thing is, is that it's, it's asking Lifetime to admit what it is. Yeah. And I think that that is, you know, any sort of self-awareness. Sure. When Lifetime shows it, it undercuts the rest of their movies. Great and Powerful Oz is only a man. You know, you don't you don't want to know what's actually happening. You don't want to know how the sausage gets made. You want them to to be earnest in their bad movies. Right. It's nice to watch them thinking that, okay, this is the best they could do with these movies. And this is what they're working with. But instead, they're like, no, we know it's kind of cheesy. We know it's kind of bad. We're going to let someone who's a celebrity like James Franco or Will Ferrell come in and disgrace this entire type of movie making. Whether or not it is a tribute, it is a commentary on the way these movies are made. Totally. And now KFC has paid for this fairly expensive commercial. And I have some thoughts on it. I want to know, like, where you think the money from this came from, because this is a massive undertaking. I mean, Mario Lopez has to be netting a million for this. You think so? I talked about it with my former boss, who's been working in entertainment forever, and he said that he believes strongly that Mario Lopez got a million for this. Because think about it. It's not just agreeing to be the face of this movie. It's agreeing to do a large scale commercial. Yeah. And he's probably as I would guess, he's probably going to pop up in some KFC. There's going to be a Mario Lopez campaign associated with this, right? For KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes. And one thing I wasn't really aware of, probably because I don't watch a lot of TV that has commercials in it, is that there's been 
different Harlan Sanders over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Over the past few years, they've done a campaign where it's like comics play Colonel Sanders. I think Jim Gaffigan has been one. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe Norm MacDonald. That sounds right. Yeah. Love Norm. Yeah. Some other people that I don't really recognize. Look, people don't watch commercials now. So when you're watching Mad Men, And you're fast forwarding through the commercials because you're an early adopter and you're watching it on AMC. They make commercials that look like it's Mad Men. So you stop for a second and you go, you son of a bitch, you tricked me into watching a commercial. So they they got to they got to find a way to spend their ad dollars. They have to get some eyes. And this is how they did it. I I mean, if Mario Lopez got a million dollars for this, this is this is a one day shoot, right? probably maybe two or three yeah i mean it's 15 minutes long there's almost no plot there's it's one location like it couldn't if he got a million dollars props to him high five mario lopez yeah so this brings me to my bigger question which is like why now and my bet which is like kind of out of left field but i think there might be something to it I feel like the Super Bowl is not going to be that big of a deal this year. No, I'm, you know, I'm a dude. I'm right. I'm just out on the Super Bowl and football in general. I do a sports sort of podcast, the baller lifestyle. And uh, I just, I do not care. And I can't imagine I'm the only one that doesn't care. I, I see the games, you know, sometimes I'll throw on the games on Sunday and there's no one there and it's so weird and so eerie. And then it's kind of worse if they're, if the game's being played in a red state, cause then there are people there, but like not enough. So the whole thing's like such a bummer. There is going to be a competition for eyes and maybe, yeah, maybe the dollars aren't going to go. The dollars aren't going to be there for the Super Bowl spots this year. I think you're right. And so my thought was sort of like, I bet. This is like, again, crazy, like I'm projecting a lot onto this, but I honestly think they were like, if we're going to spend millions of dollars on advertising, it would be a lot chicer and make a lot more sense to do something that, you know, you're not affiliating the brand with sort of, I mean, what can't help but be considered social distancing, you know, like there's going to be the football, the whole football thing is a nightmare anyway, just in terms of people getting potentially sick from something like that. But this is, this is something for people who are at home to watch and enjoy. It's 15 minutes. I'm sure a lot of people tuned in just for the lols. A lot of people that traditionally don't watch these, this is living on the lifetime website right now, which is where I watched it. And, um, it just seems like what I, I mean, it seems like an answer to a lot of uh, companies problems, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And it's, I'm not going to say it saved 2020 for us, but it's, it kind of, it kind of gave us what Joe exotic gave us. It gave us a minute, you know, it gave us this, what we're doing right now. It gave us something. Yeah. So what's your personal history with KFC? That's a good question. I don't, I don't recall the last time I had KFC. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing maybe in the nineties. I do, I do remember as a child, cause, you know, I grew up 
pretty white trash. And so occasionally moms would bring home a bucket, a KFC and, and some sides and, you know, I'd mess with it. I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's actually pretty good. If I go to the beach, I'll, uh, I'll stop at the grocery <laughs> store sometimes and I'll get a bag of chicken and like throw it at my kids when they get hungry, fried chicken. There's nothing wrong with fried chicken. Although in this movie, was it was it Christmas Eve that we're, are, they're having fried chicken on Christmas Eve? No, I think that it was just a nice, nice night. Yeah. But, you know, no, fried chicken generally is great. Yeah, I mean, I think fucks. that it's my association with fried chicken that has given KFC some leeway in my life. Yeah. I remember that commercial popping up on TV. My mom was dating a guy named Tony at the time. Mm. Solid dude. Mm-hmm. He was younger than my mom. Nice. He Way to go, mom. To baseball cards. And I really liked Tony. Like I could hang with Tony. He was one of my mom's only boyfriends that I really liked. And I remember one time telling him, Tony, I want to try KFC. I uh, saw it on TV. Yeah. I want to try it. And he drove my seven-year-old ass down to KFC. Dude. He got the whole dinner. We came home. And I tasted that KFC for the first time, and I hated it. I hated it. What? I didn't like that the mashed potatoes had poor consistency. Yeah. It tasted bogus to me. Ooh. Like, I actually... Well, come on. Yeah. I, I would say the entire thing felt very fake and gross to me. Yeah. And so I've always disliked KFC because of that initial impression. Because who is easier to impress than a seven-year-old? Right. And it's fried chicken, which is... It's pretty savory. You know, it's like not... No one's real bummed out to eat a piece of fried chicken at any level. No, but the quality of the meat wasn't there for right, me. Yeah. I mean, I was raised I was raised very purist yeah. when it comes to a lot of food like that, right? So, yeah. I've never had a positive association with it. Listen, I tried to get out of doing this movie in every way I could. I was googling whether or not Colonel Sanders ever said the N-word. Like I was tr- oh. <laughs> truly Oh. oh. <laughs> I was Molly. truly trying to get out of this. Molly. Colonel but. Sanders definitely said the N-word. He's He was born in 1890, and he's from Kentucky. And he he dressed as a colonel. And take a look at him, and he calls himself the colonel. And I would ask you this. What army does it look like he represents? I, no, I know, I know. Listen, though. So when I was in my... When I was in my research phase to try and get out of this, mm-hmm. I did find someone on Quora, Johnny D. Miller, um, and he is a Colonel Harlan Sanders impersonator slash actor. He's been doing this since 2009, and he writes, I met Colonel Sanders in 1978 when I was a KFC cook, and he was a very kind elderly person and treated everybody well. Colonel Sanders was born in 1890, which is 28 years after the Civil War. So the old rumor that he owned a southern plantation and owned slaves never happened. As I am a professional Colonel Harlan Sanders impersonator, I am an an expert on the old southern gentleman from Corbin, Kentucky. In all of my deep research on this man, I have never come across anything which would have indicated that he was racist in any form. The old colonel wore white because the white suit did not show the flower on his clothing as he fried the chicken in the kitchen. In the early days of KFC, Colonel Sanders wore a black 
a black suit everywhere. And his first franchise partner, Pete Harmon, suggested to the colonel that he change to white suits to save him money on his dry cleaning to look more professional when cooking. And this got 83 upvotes. Wow. Well, I mean, it's very informative. I will say this. I know I would know that uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders didn't own a plantation or whatever that guy said, because I, <laughs> I I happen to recall that he's one of those guys that they always cite as a, a follow your dreams person because right. he didn't uh, he wasn't successful till later in life. I think mm-hmm. I think he didn't. I, I just remember hearing a story that he would go around with his special uh, herbs and spices. Yeah, his special blend. He would sell it. And then eventually he's like, well, I'm just going to start making my own chicken. And But he might have been like in his 50s at that point. Like it was it was later. So he didn't he didn't hit. He wasn't big time enough to have a plantation. I'm just saying he wore a white suit with that with that tie that bow tie that he had that's just like a piece of ribbon and it's like and it's like yep. tied in a bow and i'm just saying yep i never he he may not have owned a plantation he may not have he may have been born too late to serve the confederacy but his he was paying homage in my opinion like yeah, the look i agree i agree i'm sure he was, was a great dude that- Right. I'm sure right. he's a nice guy. Different values All back I then. All I know is if Papa John said the N-word, Colonel Sanders definitely said the N-word. Right. They're and both Kentuckians. Weird. It, very strange. I had a dream about a week and a half ago where I met Papa John at a football game and he kissed me. Shut up. I won't. It's so Shut true. Up. And I was I was so disgusted. When I Shut up. up. Did, but it was like a fatherly kiss. It was oh, it's even worse. Weird. It was super weird. I, I picture yeah. I picture his hair dye like seeping out of his pores and off his off his head and then pouring down his face, much like Rudy Giuliani. Were you and I discussing psychic phenomenon when we were um, recording recently? I think we were. We were talking about psychics. Yes. Yes, we were. And like not long after that, maybe like that night or the next night, I had a dream in in which in my dream, I was visited by South African uh, Zef rap. Half of the South oh. African Zeph rap duo Deontward, Yolandi yeah. Visser. She came to me in a dream. And I don't, we were just hanging out. I don't know what we were doing. We were like, just, it wasn't like a sexual thing or a, like, don't let your mind go there. It was just a totally normal dream. Also, I never remember my dreams. And you and I had this discussion of psychic phenomenon. And then I also, the special lady in my life, I had also had a similar conversation. And then I I went to bed. I had a dream about Yolandi Visser. And the next day, I opened my phone. And the first story in my Instagram stories was a Yolandi Visser story. And also, she never posts. Ever. She hadn't posted in months. Yeah. They were offline for a bit because yeah. of some... 
grooming accusation. Yeah, Ninja got me too'd. Yeah, Ninja definitely got me too. Yeah. And they're so incestuous, those two. Yeah, they are. It's, it's a real weird. freak show they've got going yeah, on over there. It's, I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah, I do love that their daughter's name is 16, though. I think that's a really metal name for a kid. It is. Yeah, totally. They have they have a child together, but they're also like best friends and brother and sister. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird vibe. But that's not my point. My point That's is actually true for a lot of the fucking KFC chickens all genetically mutated. Right. They're probably kind of disgusting. All, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know about I don't know about Harlan Sanders background. I'm sure he was a great dude, but I don't know that he's the one we need to canonize. I get that you're a brand and he's the staple of your brand. But remember, they tried they tried to pull an end around on us maybe 20 years ago. When they're like, hey, we're not called Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. We're called KFC. And also, we're going to be attached to a Pizza Hut sometimes. And also, we're going to be attached to a fucking Taco Bell. And you know what? I'm not here for any of that. I'm not. You can't whitewash history. You're Kentucky Fried Fucking Chicken. And you make really shitty coleslaw and poorly treated chickens into fried chicken. That's where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. So you are the grandson of immigrants. You love to flex this on me. You are a member of the Latinx community. This comes up a lot in our private conversations. So I do want to ask you how you feel about this story about a very obviously old white man now being updated to include and possibly even honor the Latinx community. What do you think about that? I'm not. I'm not well, <laughs> it's his. We don't get any background in this movie on where Harlan Sanders came from. How did he get to be Hispanic? What's right. what what makes his mustache and what do you even call that kind of mustache and goatee combo that he has? Where he looks like D'Artagnan from Three Musketeers. I don't. I don't know. Oh, I don't know, but I feel like that's something uh, that's like like goth metal people do that a lot. Yes, yeah, whatever it is, it's. I need an explanation. I needed to know how he he was supposedly the the best chef at the best restaurant, and then they brought him in to to cook for them in their mansion. Like what, what happened, Mm -hmm. what happened at his spot? I don't, I don't see Thomas Keller just jumping out of the French laundry to go cook in somebody's house. That's not usually what a top chef does. He's usually getting offers to open his own place. Right. Yeah. No, this is a major downgrade. He was down and out. I do. I think this is, I honestly, I'm going to go so far as to say, I feel like this is inappropriate for KFC to give color to the face of their brand to brownwash colonel sanders yes i agree i think it's i think it's fucking weird dude i feel like they're trying to muddy the issue here which is like let's be real he was probably an old racist white man who combined plenty of spices to make a good piece of chicken uh, allegedly um, I think it's I think it's kind of weird. I think it's like when they're trying to recast something and they're just they're trying to like, you know, override the issues with the story by being inclusive in the casting. Yeah, 
totally 100% agree. It's, uh, it's, it's not fair to Mr. Sanders memory. And it's not fair to the Latinx community to take, to take their brownness and overlay it on a, on a Kentuckian who cosplayed as a member, a leader, no doubt, in the Confederacy that tried to overthrow the government of the United States. I'm not here for it. Dog, that's stolen valor right there. Totally. As far as I'm concerned. 100%. Total stolen valor. Yes. Major crime. Mm-hmm. So all of this is to say that the other thing with this movie is that it's a, it's a strange timeline, right? Because I, I think the charm of KFC lies in it being something that's been passed down for generations, right? Like Cheerios, where it's a home brand where families have loved this for so long. But they've now updated this story to take place in a time when they at least have iPhones. It it appears to be pre-quarantine or post-quarantine. Yeah, it's it's a it's a modern story, although the the uh Tuscan Manor where this thing is shot, the mansion with with the faux painting and the tile and the wrought iron everywhere and the over-the-top gauche French furnishings. The They had one of those giant clocks that you see that you go into somebody's house and they got one of those giant clocks and you're like, ooh, you know, you know the one I'm talking about, the one, the like mm-hmm. wall clock that's like wrought iron that's like supposed to look like it's from Pottery Barn, but it's really from Home Goods, like that, like that setup. It's like showing off time. Yeah. It's like, I oh, look at us. That. Yeah. Like, guys, we always know what time it is in this house. Like, what's the point of a gigantic clock if not to flex about knowing what time it is? Yes. Hideous. A lot of hideous decor in this in wherever they shot this. You know, it was was like one of those rented porno mansions. I got Sherman Oaks vibes out of it. (laughs) Yeah. But also could be could be like some real off the grid place like Santa Clarita or Yorba Linda or one of those places where there's real big houses and you don't realize it. Yes, I agree with that. So, I think it's probably the latter for sure. Yeah. So other than the other than the iPhones, it, it, this could have been the '90s. Like if they if they started flip phoning it like Breaking Bad style, if they busted out the Nokia's or the Razors, the the, the Motorola Razor, I wouldn't have been surprised just based on the location where it was shot. I'm just wondering what's wrong with a period piece. Nothing. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot it, make it, make it the seventies when, when Harland Sanders came to prominence. Right. I agree. I agree. Or, you know, even, yeah, the 1930s when he was finally getting some steam. Yes. Even then. My, my feeling. But anyway, so this, this film starts, it's a film by Gene. It was written and directed by someone who just goes by the name gene that's impossible it's yeah i'm feeling like gene didn't want their name on this right right it's well let me look they want they've written other things or they want to write other things and they didn't they don't want to be known as the person 
that took a paycheck from PepsiCo for this thing. So this is actually written on the IMDb. It's written by a trio. It's uh, Eric Eckelman and yeah, yep. the Priscos, um, Ar- uh, Armand and Natalie. So wow. Eric brother Eckelman sister has, team. Yep, or husband wife. They ha- he has one other credit called the Dreamer. Besides this, Mister Eric and yeah. then Armand. Let's see what these two are up to. Yeah, he also wrote on Dream, and then he did something with the Music Video Awards. So mm. I'm assuming that these are comedians. I mean, there was no jokes in it. I would say that they're probably it's they probably work at the agency that represents PepsiCo or Kentucky Fried Chick KFC. I feel like these are some hack advertising copywriters. Based on their nearly zero credits or or just maybe they're new to the business. I mean, the thing is, is that it, it kills me to think that copywriters could take this on and be like, oh, yeah, we could like write a Lifetime movie. Yeah. Because in all of my studying of these films, it's an actual art to write a lifetime movie. There are people that do this that I really respect because they're so good at it and yeah. efficient at it. And I think that's part of the, you know, I'm doing a bit, let's do a lifetime thing. Come on, lifetime, admit that you suck and make my commercial. Yeah. That's part of the thing that drives me nuts about it. It's because it's degrading to the art form and just, you know, the idea of anyone could do it is just so wrong. It's it's um, it's a form of culture vulturism. Like this is this is your lane. This is this is a world where you exist and it's not a joke to you. And then somebody right. and then somebody comes in and they're like, hey, watch me shit all over this thing that people love. And it's and it'll be funny for me and it'll be easy for me. And that's totally. bullshit. Yeah, I agree with you. And then a lot of these people, the acting did not hit for me. There's this guy who plays this act. Um, he plays jessica's best friend lee okay gay guy and her, 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 her lee, gay, yeah yeah her gay best friend mm-hmm. um and he has done all comedy stuff and listen i understand that maybe he was playing into sort of the clunkiness of some of the acting here but in certain scenes it just came off like he was yeah. unprepared like he didn't bother to learn his lines yes who is who's the super and I'm this is me not being in my 40s and not knowing anybody's name. That's the, that's the dad move of a lifetime. Who's the super funny black guy? He's in the Detroiters. He was on Veep. He's he was on he was on Curb. He's so fucking funny in everything. JB Smooth? No. He's so fucking funny in everything that he does and I don't know his name. I can't remember his character on Veep, but this guy is, and everyone that's listening is shouting his name and calling me an idiot. This guy, it would be like the, the, the most budget version of that guy whose name I can't remember. It's just like the, just the, the lowest rent approximation of somebody that everyone's seen and they know is funny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really like watch regular TV, so I don't know who you're talking right. about. But 
it, it is. He's it's very much a typecasting moment in every aspect of it totally. where he is the comic relief. He's very grounding throughout this whole thing. I thought that overall, like, I really liked the idea of his character. And this is, again, not to shade the actor, because I'll be real with you. I would probably show up to this as well, not really knowing my lines, assuming that I can just breeze through this, that they'll do another take if I fuck up my line. Because it it is notable that in a 15-minute movie, someone notably doesn't land their line. And sure. they... Don't go back and fix it. Move on. There's, you know, they only had that, they only had that porno mansion, that Tuscan tragedy (laughs) porno mansion in outside of Riverside, probably in the hills of Temecula. I was thinking to Max as well. (laughs) Shout out to my locals. Shout out to, to Sam Richardson is the guy's name. He's a fantastic actor. I enjoy him and everything. Uh, they only had the, the place for a day, so they had to shoot at Clint Eastwood style, like do a take and move the fuck on. Like, who cares? It's a KFC so movie. The nicest way to phrase that possible. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we open up on this family eating what is obviously a KFC dinner. You've seen one, you've seen them all, right? And this guy, Billy, is complimenting Bunny, who's at the head of the table on this beautiful meal. And she says that she can't take credit for it. She doesn't cook. It's because of her new chef. And then Billy turns to Jessica, the beautiful girl next to him, and he starts proposing in the middle of nowhere. And Jessica is making eyes over at her best gay friend, Lee, like, what the fuck am I going to do? So she takes the moment to sort of be like, this is a lot. You're doing this in front of everyone. I'm going to think about it. And she excuses herself from the table. So in the morning, her mom is furious with her for turning down this proposal because he's a Garibaldi and marrying into this family. It could be major for them. We find out that all of her father left behind was a legacy of debt. This family is about to lose it all in probably about three weeks. And if she marries him, then they can keep the house. They can keep the lifestyle. And right away, I'm pissed off at Bunny because who the fuck is going this far into debt and hires a chef? Like, just learn how to cook. I totally agree with you. I don't, it was confusing to me because she's like, all we have is debt. And I'm like, yeah, a a mansion like this, it's 10,000 square feet in Temecula. You're, you're lucky to get 2.5 million in a real place. It could be $10 million, but how about you sell the fucking house? And, And right. Why are you hiring personal chefs? If you're if you're sitting there going through your bills and you're so stressed out about money, like how about we live within our means? How about we downsize? How about we teach that to our daughter rather than, hey, you need to fucking find a rich guy to marry to get us out of this problem. That's that's the end game here. Bad mothering. I agree with you. Yeah, and we get a lot it's of bad mothering from Bunny. Garden. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's gray gardens like they're at the point where the grocery store down the street isn't doing like the pity deliveries anymore yes, yes. because they haven't paid their tab in years and they all know those two women are going to starve in that house together. Yep. So 
Then uh, Harlan Sanders, the new cook, enters with a menu that he wants Bunny to approve for the week. And as soon as, Je- as soon as Jessica sees him, he takes her breath away. Let's play 240 to 324. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. The, uh, the, the menu for the Christmas Eve luncheon is, is ready for you to look at, Mrs. Montana. Sorry, who are you? Harlan Sanders, the new cook. Oh, don't be so modest. Harland was head chef at Le Petit Pamplemousse. Oh my gosh. We've been trying to get a reservation here for years. Well, I insisted Harland get out of the city for a while. Come stay in the guest house as our resident chef, if you will. Anyway, I, uh, I better get back to work. It was nice meeting you. Jessica. Jessica. Great acting from Mario Lopez. I was pleased with this acting. He's a pro. You forget. He really is. You forget. He the really guy's a pro. Is. He's He's been at this game for a minute. Yeah, he was on Saved by the Bell. He played A.C. Slater. He had a jerry curl. He was on the wrestling team. He was he was <laughs> Zach Morris's foe on that show. Right. You know, they were competing yep. for Kelly Kapowski and also at times... Jesse Spano. But also, right. you forget, he was also on Pacific Blue on the USA Network where he pay- played a bike cop in Hermosa Beach or somewhere. Like, this this guy's yeah. been around. He he knows his shit. He's a fucking professional actor. You know, the sad thing is, is that this man probably still has to prove himself Every time he gets a gig because everyone wants to laugh, right? They're like, oh, we got Mario Lopez. Ha ha. There's probably, oh, those smug motherfuckers that wrote this thing over at the ad agency are like, well, we got Mario Lopez. But then he shows up to set. He fucking is charming. He kills it. Yes, he looks ridiculous in his wardrobe, but he brings something to this, a secret recipe, if you will. That cannot be topped. No one else has the chops to match him in this. It was an excellent use of money, I have to say. I totally agree. He was great. He also did a four-year, a four-season run on Nip Tuck in the in the yeah. late, early 2000s. He's no slouch, I'll tell you that. No, so, the guy's a worker. And so Jessica gets a call from Billy, her fiancé, but she sends him to voicemail. She's in love with Harlan Sanders now. Billy Garibaldi, by the way, the naming, like, were they like, hey, let's come up with the most twinkish porn star name we can we can think of. And somebody's like, I don't know, Billy Garibaldi. And they're like, that's it. (laughs) Nailed it. Yeah, I'm sure. Or or this is the name of someone that like bullied one of these people in school. <laughs> right? They want to get him back. Yes. Billy That's Garibaldi was such an the I I will say this, second best actor on the show. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Um so then she uh she offers to take Harlan on a tour of the grounds and Jessica's mom looms outside the front door right when at the top of the scene he's like approving some vegetables that have been delivered and it's fully like a crate of vegetables. Oh my god, I'm s- Malls. Thank you so much for acknowledging that because that was so triggering to me. I'm like <laughs> how many people live 
in this house. There's there's crates of rhubarb and stocky things, and and they're in those old school kind of like wooden prop right. house crates like that you know things these days get delivered in cardboard boxes but they're in like those kind of milk crates from the 1800s and there's just stacks of them coming off a truck who lives in this house how how many meals are they preparing what what are these dinners that are going on there you're broke you have a you have a yeah. chef and you're and you're having provisions delivered weeks worth are you are you doomsday preppers what is happening there <laughs> no it's absolutely unacceptable i mean the spending is out of control Crazy. it's like it's like you know it's like a widow uh, that dies and doesn't realize that her husband is paying for like 17 cell phones and like you know just all of a sudden you can't keep up with the lifestyle anymore you don't need 18 eggs when you go to the store baby you need six you're all alone now you don't need all these vegetables totally. and it's tough it's t- it's tough to look at your at yourself in the mirror and say okay that part of my life is over she has grown out of her lifestyle in a major way so jessica is telling harlan about how her mom wants her to marry billy because of his wealth but she can't stand him and then she's like well enough about me let me ask something about you so he's like, well, if I had to have a book about myself, I would definitely like a chapter to be dedicated to my secret recipe changing the world. Unbelievable. And then Billy charges into the backyard and he's like, first you reject me in front of everyone and now you don't answer my calls. And Harlan tells him to take it easy because he's starting to get a little bit aggressive. And he says, beat it, crouton. Amazing. And he warns Jessica to not make the biggest mistake of her life. And he's sort of like manhandling her at that point, but she's able to get away. She runs inside the house. And once the two of them are alone, Harlan looks at him and says, don't call me crouton. Incredible. So there's so much to unpack in the sequence. It's might be the most telling portion of the movie. Cause there's a few things going on. First of all, Jessica is so thirsty, like beyond she's, I get it. Mario Lopez is a good looking dude. Harlan Sanders. It's a little weird with the, with the, whatever they did to, to his hair and his fake mustache and stuff. But the glasses, Mm -hmm. the glasses work for my man. He's jacked. He works out. You can tell (laughs) she's way too into him right away. And then, and this is this is a, a good lesson to anybody that's like getting into the dating world or maybe coming out of a relationship and getting into a new relationship. The first thing she starts to ask him about himself and she goes, Wait, so yeah, what's what should I know about you? And he's like, well, if there were to be a book written about me, I would want an entire an entire chapter dedicated to my secret recipe. OK, narcissist insane delusions of grandeur no one is like he hasn't accomplished anything why would he just assume there would be tomes dedicated to him like oh hey what you should know about me is that eventually my life will be chronicled in chapter and verse and you're like what psycho and like i want to know like what you're where you grew up like who your pets were fucking run away also she's way too hot for him I'm dying, dude. Yes. Yeah, he must have some major like BDE in person or something because she's really like way too hot. For him. So and hot. Plus, like, yeah. This character is 
maybe 20 years older than her, 25 years older than her. They did the best they could aging him down. Yes. I mean, Mario Lopez has aged like a fine wine for sure. He's gorgeous. I think I just looked it up. He's like 47. Yeah. He he looks looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but but, then it goes further. Right. So he's like. You you don't you don't know what's drawn her to him and you get it. It's 15 minutes like they can't give you some backstory. You can't see they they just can't tell you that part. There's not enough time for exposition. But then her asshole boyfriend, Billy Garibaldi, comes in and he and he basically domestically abuses her. He he he, <laughs> he verbally assaults her in front of Mario Lopez, who's pretty jacked and is supposed to be the hero of the movie. And then he I don't know if he grabs her, but he's an asshole to her in a way that is not acceptable in modern society. Maybe where Harlan Williams or Harlan Williams, Harlan Sanders grew up in Kentucky. This was allowable in the 1800s, but modern in modern Temecula mansions, this doesn't go. So then he's barely Gary Baldy is an asshole to her, sends her away. She runs away. And what is what does Harlan Sanders say? Don't call me Crouton. It's all about him. He's yeah, not, he's, he is a narcissist. He's not You're even there so for right. Jessica. Like Jessica was the one that was treating badly. He was called a stupid name written by an advertising hack copywriter. Yeah. Oh, you hate you hate to hear it because it's so true, dude. Yes. You just fucking hit the nail on the head. Crouton. He's an egomaniac. You can never trust him. Totally. Yeah, I would. I feel unsafe, and I'm not even dealing with this we, guy in we, person. We've all been in a relationship with this person. He presents as very charming. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes him. Why don't you like him? Be, you know, and but then. You, you pick it apart a little bit and you go, wait, what did he just say? And it's at first, it's not like everything, but it's little moments. And then those little moments start to build up. And then all of a sudden, those little moments are the person's entire personality. Harlan William, Harlan Williams, Harlan Sanders is telling you all you need to know about him, but you got to be listening. And Jessica, she's so She's in such a hurry to escape Billy Garibaldi, abuser. The obvious, you want to get away from this guy. He's a piece of shit, too. She doesn't realize she's running from one bad relationship to probably another one. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, you hit the nail on the head, dude. 100%. I mean, he's a monster. That's it's weird that they wouldn't realize that in the writing, how poorly that plays. Right. He should be he should be asking her about her. So tell me, you know, what's going on in this house? You and your mom. It's like I get that we're telling the story of Harlan Sanders because that's the client here. But again, you're not making your client look great. You you make your client you make your client look better by being an empathizer, by being like, hey, I know that things aren't great for you. I know that you're in a situation that you're that that doesn't make you feel like you have a lot of options mm-hmm. but let me tell you this how would some nice hot chicken sound because i can go to the cook- kitchen and make it for you <laughs> or even a soup i could make you a nice soup 
I have the, You're so right. I He's have, intoxicated by his narcissism. I have, I have the leftover carcasses from last night. I've been meaning, I've been making a stock all morning. You're the way he talked to you was completely unacceptable. Right. <laughs> Head up to your room. Don't completely disrobe, but like get in something sort of sexy. I'll come up. I'll do that thing with the tray. I'll come up with the tray and it'll have all the things on it that you need. Yeah. And then you can see me in a way and the audience can see me in a way where I, I am a loving character, not somebody that's completely obsessed with the fact that I was called a dumb name crouton. It's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, it is weird that he let himself let that hit to his ego yes. was so small. It's all you so need to know mean. about him. Yes, totally agree. Yep. Okay, so Jessica calls her friend uh, Lee, who's on his way to a date with a guy that he met at the farmer's market. Because gays love vegetables, I guess, right? <laughs> like they were, they were totally pigeonholing him yeah. with this like idea that he met this guy at the farmer's market. And this guy happens to go to a very nice country club, which Lee cannot relate to. I mean, he's over here trying to get himself up to snuff so he can even walk in the place and feel like he belongs there. Right. Well, he's, he's got, he's carrying the weight of he's a black man. He's a gay black man and he's walking into a country club. I mean, not not easy to do in any era. So it's right. it's understandable. You could put yourself in that position and realize, yeah, this is this is a this is a big moment for Lee. And then we have Jessica calling him up and burdening him with the fact that she has to choose between seemingly a billionaire yeah. and the world's most confident talented chef yes yes standards right this, this is the this is the gay man's burden right he, he's he's got to carry the weight of his female friend's problems because this is this is who they go to to confide in and she's yeah what what is her major issue here she's got uh, she's got to choose between a rich boyfriend who's an asshole and i mean as far as she like she doesn't see Harlan Sanders for the for the narcissist that you and I see him for he's he's gorgeous he's on the come right he's got that secret recipe like things are happening for him he was just (laughs) he was just running shit at La Bufferia like like things were popping in his life like it's not it's not a super huge downgrade because Billy Garibaldi's he might be a billionaire and he can give you a lifestyle and you there's private jets and stuff but it's not a super huge downgrade to be with a successful chef. Like no. your life's going to be nice with him too. So her, her problems are really not big problems. Her main problem is her mother, which we learn soon. Yeah. So she's like, oh yeah, you know, I have to choose like between these two. Harlan is just, you know, he's so great. He's passionate and ambitious. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. But she's like, but there's also so many bills today. I see them laying around the house. Like her mom just has these bills laying around on every surface. So she part of her wants to cave and marry Billy, but she just feels very called to Harland right now. So her friend is like, you know, the hearts wants what the heart wants. But I got to go on my date. And she's like, all right, talk to you later. No, like, good luck on your date. 
you know, how silly of me to take up your time. This is your big moment. Don't worry about this. This is shit I got to sort through. Nothing like that. She's just like, okay, well, call me back later when your little date is done, homo. That's what I got from that. Oh, yeah. Borderline gay bashing. It's gay bashing. Yes, it is. She's using him for to to suit her own needs and it's fucked she is she is uh, absorbing his there's a word for it where you where you steal she's an emotional vampire yeah she yes totally i agree i agree maybe she and harlan deserve each other oh absolutely yeah i mean she look jessica she's banging and she's 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 got some issues but my suggestion to her would be, let's not just jump out of one toxic relationship into another. Maybe you could you could start a text thing going with Harland, but you break it off clean from Billy Garibaldi. Then you go get a little apartment. You work on yourself. You separate from your mom. <laughs> yeah. You start doing yoga, meditation, like all the self-care stuff. Really work on you and then relaunch yourself. And I'll, I'll be honest, you're going to have a lot better opportunities out there than what you're getting from Billy Garibaldi and Harlan Sanders, who's clearly 100% into himself. Yeah, you know, I feel like Jessica's trying to skip some really important steps in yes, life. Yes. And she will pay for that in the long run. She's for young. Sure, because She's young. Being married to a man who's responsible for so many different restaurants, you know, visiting all the different franchises, all of that. This is a huge responsibility. She's going to be like a military wife. She, you know, like, you know, not just the colonel aspect of it, but truly she's going to be alone a lot of the time. Yeah. So she's got to be aware of what she's setting up for. And and look, look, Harlan's going to be on the road. That's what I'm saying. And he's going to. He's going to have needs while he's out there. I mean, <laughs> so gross. look at him. He's he's a handsome no, dude. Needs is like on the on the same level as play, play. for yeah. me, he's, where it's just truly disgusting. He's, he's a he's going to have needs. <laughs> and two, he's going to be looking to play. Oh, my God. I don't know if you're extra spicy today, but I this is the funniest you've ever been to me. And it might not be because I'm actively potentially dying of COVID, but this is the funniest you've ever been to me. This episode is sponsored by book of the month. I've been subscribed to book of the month for three months now, and I'm obsessed. If you're a big reader or maybe even a lapsed big reader, who's been wanting to get back into it regularly, consider checking it out. Book of the Month, they read like hundreds of books every month from new and emerging authors, and they whittled on the list to just the very best. They provide you a diverse little selection of hardcover fiction to pick from, which is an element of it that I really love. I can find going into the bookstore to be super overwhelming, and when I know I have about a dozen really solid options to choose from, it makes the decision way easier. Plus, it's cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and there's a loyalty program with rewards and even lower prices if you choose to stick around. There's an app where you can pick your upcoming books and track the progress of your reading, and there are challenges on there with rewards. Your book arrives in a super aesthetically pleasing box, by the way. That's the kind of touch that I always really appreciate. 
Personally, I read at my own pace. Sometimes I can only get to one of my two books a month and I keep the ones I haven't read yet on my windowsill right next to my bed so I can just see them all there. It inspires me to pick one up and read. It's nice to have options in front of you. If you're interested in trying it out, you can get your first book for $5 with code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. That's code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So, um, Jessica texts Billy that they need to talk and she gets up to take a shower. And at that moment, her mom sneaks in and picks up her phone and she texts Billy as Jessica and sees that he's responded that he's at the country club. She's like, I'm on my way there. I'll meet you now. Then we see Billy is at the country club. He's at the bar holding the ring box like a psycho because Crazy. I'm sure this ring is very expensive. And I feel like that this is something that you guard fiercely. You don't just sort of walk around town with it in your pocket. Also huge missed opportunity. And whoever is the agency here, get at me because you fucked up. Cause you could have right. done, you could have done a co-brand with Neil Lane right here. You could have had Neil right. Lane and his tight ass face show up and his gaudy rings and be like <laughs> honey i'm here i want to propose i'd like you to meet neil lane jeweler yes. to the stars and i want you, he's got a selection of rings all of the cuts emerald princess all of the above huge like how do you not how do you not bring in neil lane at this point the bachelor does it so this is my question you watch the batch of course. Obviously, Neil Lane sells a lot of these rings because of the tied in publicity, right? He gives a $100,000 ring. He's the ring guy, right? Right. But I feel like most people who are in the know know how terrible those rings are. Mm. I mean, look at look like your average average person on the street is in the know. Sure. But Neil Lane is a little over the top. And a little on the nose with some of his cuts, the style of it. Yep. I mean, he's never brought out a ring where I was like, oh, that's really basic Hideous. or that's horrifically ugly. Yes. So what's his deal? Like, how many rings do you think are selling? Do you think like, is that is that real that like women look over at their husbands on the couch and they're like, babe, when we get married, yes. I'm, I want a Neil Lane. 100%. 
No, that absolutely happens. I guarantee you. Assuming people are ever allowed out of their homes again. Malls. Right. Next time you're at brunch, and I'm talking three years from now, although brunch is probably canceled forever. Who knows? Look around. Look around at some of the hid jewelry that abounds. It's much more hideous than beautiful. It's much more trashy than it's much more Neil Lane. Like it's it's all it's probably mostly copies of Neil Lane. So absolutely Neil Neil Lane sells rings to the same people that decorate their Temecula porno mansions like the one in this movie. Also, (laughs) uh, also, before I forget, much like a porno, this is a one location shoot. So the country club is clearly just the bar of the house they rented. Which, which is great to me. So they're like, Oh shit. They're like, Oh shit. You are so right. Yeah, oh my God. It's the same place. When you, were, when you were saying it's one location, I was like, no, I mean, they also filmed at the country no, club. Uh-uh. No, it's so, yes, it's so obviously just another area of this house. Um, so Billy's holding this ring. He's drinking brown liquor during the day. That that's hey. a huge warning to me. Yeah, it's it's you're saying I'm a I'm a drunk. I'm an alcoholic mm-hmm. because it's that that's the end of the day beverage. That's that's a hey, I'm gonna have this and then I'm gonna hit the sack. If you're if you're drinking bourbon at noon on a Tuesday, you like to get after it. Yeah. Like I feel like maybe start with like a greyhound or something. There you, you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at least entertain the thought that you're not going to get shit faced. Maybe it's just a nice daytime drink, which by the way, there are classy ways to drink during daytime. Totally. I did see you bashing day drinkers on your Instagram story the other day. Don't think I didn't see. <laughs> hold that. on. Hold on. <laughs> bashing day drinkers. <laughs> hold on. Like, you have a leg to stand on. No. <laughs> you're a fucking nightmare. And you're over here taking pictures like a fucking spy oh. of people trying to day drink their day away hold in on. Orange County. Hold on. I'm t- <laughs> Let me defend myself here. First of all, I was on my way back from getting a burrito and we are locked down here. And for those of you in red states, we are locked down here in Southern California. Everything is closed. Mm-hmm. There's not like the grocery store is open, but anything, if you want to get food, you you have to pick it up or have it delivered. You cannot sit down and eat or drink somewhere indoors or out. Mm-hmm. So on my way to get this burrito, I look over over and there's this dive bar. There's a dive bar and it's, I'll be honest, I've always kind of wanted to go there. I've never been. And I look over There's and I, something about that bar you've never been to. Totally. That's always just going to be it's it's a mystery to you. It's like the guy in class that never talks. And then you're like, maybe if I make out with him senior week, Whoa. he'll be like the coolest guy in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like the sort of fantasy you have about those kind of bars for sure. The problem is that guy talks. And when he talks, it's about his comic book collection or Right, his favorite, or his secret recipe, or his, <laughs> or his favorite scene in the one of the Avengers movies. So I drive by and I'm like, "Hey, that fucking bar is open. The doors are open. There's like one of those like sandwich board signs out front. Like it's clearly open. There's an old drunk man smoking a cigarette on the bench out front. I'm like, what? This is new. 
So I go, I continue on to get my burrito, but I'm like, on my way back, I'm going to pop through and check out what's going on at this bar. So I roll the parking lot and here's my mistake. I roll, I, I go, oh, I'm going to take a picture that I'm going to Instagram story it. And I'm not like trying to blow up their spot, but I just want to point out that in also, and I, I don't think this is, I think this is nationally known. I happen to be in the city of Huntington Beach, California. Which, which by the way, yeah. is a nightmare. Like yes. there's, I saw people out there line dancing yes. the other night. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very much a, a, uh, cultural touch point for the for the covid deniers it's a it's a place that they congregate so i drive up and i did that thing where i pulled my car in but i didn't park in a spot i pulled my car like across three spots so i was conspicuous and then i rolled down the window and i leaned out and i just snapped <laughs> i snapped a picture of this bar because I, I thought it would be funny to show an op- that there are bars open with people drinking when and it's illegal and then as I was doing it, the bartender saw me and raced out from the behind the bar and ran out into the parking lot and started t- taking pictures of me. And then I was like, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, what was I running away from? Like, I, I, Dude, I, they think you're Antifa. Yes. They I, saw that immigrant grandson skin and that fucking hippie hat that you have. All your whole shit. They saw that and they were like, it's fucking Antifa's out here trying to bust us. That's yeah. 100% what happened. Yeah, so I, I ran away. Way, I'm allowed to talk about Brad's immigrant grandparents, okay? We joke about it on here. Molly doesn't like that I use brown emojis. Because you're not, like, let's not get into it because like we're going to open up a whole thing. Yeah. But let's just say... It's uh, it's bordering on like, you know, those girls in England that have like orange tans like it's he's really buying a margin of color that shouldn't exist in his universe. Like he is not he is not a dark enough. Ma- he is two shades too dark in his emojis. And that's all I'm going to say. Well, so you only have the five shades and I'm not the yellow guy and I'm not the white guy. I'm the third guy. I, you know what? That's a plate that's not spoken enough about <laughs> the guy who can't find an emoji color. It's yes. This is, this is and I only and this is why I rail on his his immigrant grandparents because he says to me, this forty five year old man says to me, "Well, Mike, no, I am. Where where are your grandparents from? Guatemala." Where, you go. No, I'm Guatemalan. My grandparents were immigrants. That's right. And I'm like. You're 45. You're too old to be referencing your immigrant grandparents in this context. So like at a certain point, like it doesn't it doesn't affect you. You've lived in Orange County your whole life. Yes. <laughs> you have light skinned children. You yourself are fairly light skinned. Like you're not allowed to pull the immigrant card. You're just at this stage in your life. You're not. And this is probably <laughs> the most controversial conversation I've ever had on this podcast. Actually, not even close. So the, but- the first emoji is completely yellow. The second the second one looks Eastern European where he's very light skinned with very dark hair. The yes. third guy is blonde. The next guy is brunette with its olive complected like myself. That's me. Yeah. 
Listen, I don't like it that I have to use the really pale one with yes, the dark hair. You're either, Irish. I worry about that. I worry that I look like I'm trying to pose as potentially Asian adjacent because, you know, that would be their emoji, right? Totally. But I do have dark hair and light skin, so I go with that one. I agree. It's a problem, but I just it's think that you're going a little... No one says use the blonde one. That's but right. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, there might be a conversation. So use the there. Eastern European one, the, the black hair, white guy. That's not me. Yeah. No, that is you. Unfortunately. Uh, no. I know. It's sometimes it's hard to look at yourself in the mirror and really admit that to yourself. Unbelievable. But... <laughs> All right. So let's play this scene where Billy is holding the ring at the bar and Jessica's mom comes in and wants to have a word with him. 716 to 824. Bunny, is Jessica with you? No, she doesn't know I'm here. I have some troubling news. Jessica is falling for Harlan Sanders, of all people. Harlan's... the cook? (laughs) You still are crazy, Bunster. I'll give you that. I'm serious, Billy. I heard Jessica going on about him like a schoolgirl in love. And if that isn't absurd enough, Harlan claims to have some secret recipe that'll make him a man of great repute. A secret recipe? <laughs> Spare me. <laughs> we all have our secrets, Billy. You remember our long weekend in the vineyard? How could I forget? If you marry my daughter, I promise there'll be more long weekends in your future. As many as you want. I'll take care of this. Okay, so Lee, whose date hasn't even arrived yet, I I want to believe that Lee didn't get stood up, but based on the timeline for the rest of this, I'm kind of feeling like Lee's date didn't show up. Yeah, yeah, it happens. But like, why doesn't Billy just marry Bunny? Like, what's the deal with, like, marry my 24-year-old daughter and I'll just fuck you on the side? Well, that's easy. That's easily explained. He needs Billy. You know, his old man owns a a global cement concern. He's got to go around and he's got to play tennis with people. He's got to play golf with people. He's got he's got to be in Turks and Caicos for some type of globalist retreat. And he can't show up with the and no disrespect to Bunny. He can't show up with with something vintage on his arm. It's it's about him. He's got to have something that makes him look good. And Jessica, super attractive. Yeah, he does but, have to produce an heir right, for sure. Right. And but Bunny, she has the wisdom of years. So she knows how to do things that Jessica doesn't. And Billy, is that his name? Billy. Billy, he likes that. He likes that what he gets there once in a while, and he can still project an image when he goes around with Jessica to dinners and vacations and stuff like that. And let's just quickly address Billy's amnesia where 
yesterday he was fighting his girlfriend in front of Harlan and calling him a crouton. And then today, the idea that she might be interested in this man is just absurd to him. Like, he's laughing way too hard. Whatever laugh that is, that is not a whiskey laugh. It's too spirited. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, Harlan Sanders is gorgeous. Like, of course she'd be into him. Why wouldn't, like, what? what's the surprising part? Because he's not, he's like, oh, the cook? Well, we've already determined that he was he was the chef at the best at a restaurant that they couldn't get a table at. Yes. Yeah. So like chef, I mean, chefs are the new rock stars. Like you would be definitely extremely intimidated for your girlfriend to be interested in a chef. Chefs are very fucking hot these days. Everybody knows that. Mhm. Everyone does. And it's interesting because it's like Billy almost thinks that the chef couldn't possibly have enough money to compete with him. But money is obviously not not what's interesting to Jessica. She would have just married Billy. Right. No one's going to be richer than a billionaire. Like if she if, yeah, if, mon- if money was what she was after, she would have taken that Neil Lane ring. Right. You're right. So Lee you know, is an angel. He sees all this and he starts texting her to get in touch ASAP. Then Billy comes by the mansion to see Harlan and he starts digging through the drawers, looking for something. He's like, you know, playing with a knife a little bit. He finally pulls out a backpack and because <laughs> Harlan carries a backpack to and from work. Yeah. And in there, he finds a note card that has the secret recipe written on it. And he looks at it and he says, Secrets out, chicken man. I meant to, and it's forgive me for not doing the amount of prep that should be expected of me as a guest. But the the recipe he had written had he had actually drawn the shape of the parts of a chicken (laughs) on. Com- complete with like the little dots that signify like where the uh where the feathers got pulled out which right. is a little much for me yeah <laughs> but he's he's enjoying it too much i i've meant to and i've forgotten till just this moment i meant to take a screenshot of that because i imagine if we perused that there would be a lot of interesting information on his chicken recipe. Let me tell you how to make a chicken, by the way. You take out, okay. you take a chicken, you pat it, yeah. dr- you defrost it, or you just buy it fresh. You pat it dry, you spatchcock it, you cut the backbone out, you smash it down, right? And then you open your spice cabinet. And this is, this is, this is what Harlan Sanders knew, the colonel and me. This is what I also know. And you take okay. pretty much every spice you see in your cabinet. And you just season the whole bird with every kind of spice you see. And then you take some some citrus, some lemons and some limes, squeeze it all over there and then just throw it on the fucking barbecue until it's like pretty much brown all over. And guess what? That's a pretty fucking good chicken. So I imagine that's what his recipe is. His 11 herbs and spices. it's, It's just the first 11 things he pulled out of the cupboard. There's no secrets there. I agree with you. And we do see a still when we come up on the kitchen. That's it. It's just some cooked chicken breast. But then there's 
lime. Yep. There's lemon. Of course. Oranges. Yeah, good. And then cinnamon sticks. That's good too. That's good. Do you, do you um who's the naked Jamie Oliver? Uh-huh. His do, type in these words and make it this weekend and you you're going to be like Brian disgusting. It's not. Type these words into a Google search and make it this weekend. Jamie Oliver chicken and milk. Okay. Eat that. You'll love it. Eat that. And that okay. that has that ha- that has cinnamon. That has a cinnamon stick. Okay. Because I was going to say, I feel like cinnamon is the last thing I want Agreed. involved. I understand there can be many layers to all Agreed. of this in terms of stacking out the flavor yes. or whatever, but cinnamon turn off right away when I, I see I it. I totally agree. I don't want cinnamon in anything, but I don't want cinnamon in the front of anything. But if it's hiding in the background, it's good. Yeah, I agree. My mm-hmm. mom was an aggressive cinnamon. Oh, I understand. Batter. I understand. She would hit the chili with some cinnamon. Oh, yeah. A little bit, though. And a little bit's good. She would go a little too hard on the cinnamon. Yeah, I get it. And I'd be like, I feel like I'm eating fucking Christmas meat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Christmas too sweet. meat yes. soup. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> so he, uh, you know, so secrets out, chicken man. And then it cuts to Harlan coming in and saying, oh, you're wasting your time. Jessica's out. And he's like, well, I'm not looking for Jessica. I'm here for you. I'm going to make you an offer. And he's like, how much to leave Jessica alone and skip town? And Harlan's like, listen, I can't be bought, dude. And he's like, well, let me guess, like your secret recipe. And he throws a secret recipe in his face. And this is the first betrayal, right? Because I thought I thought he was open about the secret recipe. I mean, he's known Jessica for 10 minutes. And he's saying, like, I want a chapter in the book of my life written about my secret recipe. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? This guy tells is it, it, it the recipe is is the recipe itself the secret or is the existence exactly. of the recipe at all the exactly. secret? Exactly. Again, narcissist. He wants right. to, he tells everybody that he meets about right. the secret recipe. It, no, he's not giving you the details on the secret recipe, but he will right. he will leak a little bit out. He'll be like, "Hey, what do you think about cumin?" Because that's in my fucking secret recipe. Like, if you know him long enough and you're paying attention, the thing is, no one cares about a stupid recipe. So there, if you you could make notes and you could get it all together, it's not. This guy couldn't be in the CIA. He can't hold his shit. So the, that's how I steal recipes from restaurants. Is I call them up over a series of years. <laughs> I'm not kidding when I say this. I call them up over a series of years and I pretend I have various dietary restrictions. <laughs> And I ask if the soup contains this herb or that herb. I ask what kind of oil right. they use. I ask how the chicken's cooked. I get into it. I that's I I have spent years cracking certain recipes by calling up the restaurant, occasionally putting on a voice, you know, just right. for so me they, to do some character work today. Right. They don't know it's you. No. Yeah. And then, you know, and you call during different shifts as well. Of course. Sometimes you hit a breakfast shift and you say, hey, we're ordering for lunch. My boss is allergic to vegetable oil. Right. What kind of oil do you use yes. in the soup? <laughs> so smart. So, this is yeah. genius. This is genius. <laughs> That's how I have chipped away. And yeah. I feel like I could get the Colonel's recipe. Give me six months. And because he's such a narcissist, he's so busy and unconscious. He doesn't remember who's asking him what. Right. No, it's true. He, 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 and he leads with it. 
And like all narcissists, he thinks he's the fucking star of any conversation he's having. So he leads with his secret recipe because that's, let's be honest, that's all he's got. He's not going to tell you about his military service, his stolen valor, because the colonel (laughs) didn't serve. He's pretending he served, you know, it's right. So he's, this is, he talks about the secret recipe. So when he's like, he confronts Jessica and he's like, I can't believe you told him about my secret recipe. Well, dickhead, she didn't know the ingredients in your stupid secret recipe. And also she didn't tell him. Right. (laughs) Right. So uh, either way, who gives a shit? Yeah. You've been pretty loud about the secret recipe. So, um, he's like, you know, well, Jessica already accepted my proposal, so don't worry about it. And he gets the reaction he wants. Billy gets this reaction. And Harlan obviously looks upset. And he's like, listen, just do yourself a favor. Take this check and hit the bricks. It's a $500,000 check. Take the check. He's willing to write him. Also, take so just the, leave. Yeah. Take the check and then swoop back in and Sancho his ass later. What's he going to sue you? There's no, right. there's no contract. Right. Exactly. Take his ha- exactly. Right. Take his half mil. Take it to Coinbase. Put right. it in, put it in cryptos. Mm-hmm. Move it around. What do they do? Launder it or wash it. Wash, wash yeah. your coins. What's it? How's he going to find it? Never. And then you still swoop in and get his girl. You're Harlan Sanders, goddammit. Dude, if you put 500K down on crypto yeah. le- this time last year, oh, stop. you're fucking killing it today. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a nightmare. It's a fucking bloodbath yeah. in crypto land right now. Yeah. It's out of control. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of starting to do some, like, lightweight stock stuff just on the side. Just, like, on my own, yeah. some lightweight stuff like even putting in like you know 25 bucks and seeing how it lasts there's this um south america has their own version of amazon and that's the hot one people are hitting right now really yeah because you can get in kind of cheap and it grows exponentially so this is like this is like alibaba but the but the portuguese sounding version Mm -hmm. yeah basically i mean it's like their version of 24 hour delivery, it's at your door, you know, sort of thing, which obviously is a great way to invest right now because people are going to continue to be staying inside. Yeah, really smart. And needing items quickly. We'll talk about that more offline. But yeah. um, Lee, the best friend, arrives and he's there to tell Jessica, listen, your mom and Billy are not only fucking, these two are scheming against you. And she's like, oh, you know, she's not home right now. She's out getting a new phone. It's so weird. She lost hers. So, again, this mom who, you know, is deep in debt, she goes ahead and tosses a $1,000 iPhone. Insane. Because she took it to the country club with her. Insane. Just put it back on her bed. Or, like, come in and be like, oh, if you really want to make her nuts, be like, oh, stupid Jessica, you left your cell phone by the pool again. Of course. She'll be like, I wasn't even at the pool today. And she'll be like, well, why was your phone there then? Like, make her think that Harlan stole the phone. Anybody that's gone through someone's phone 
knows there's a workaround for this. Hey, you look, when you went in the shower, this, um, it started ringing and I thought it was your mom. So I answered it and then I just absentmindedly, I put it in my pocket. So anyway, here's your phone. Like there's, there's explanations for this. And especially in a mother daughter dynamic, she wouldn't have to say very much to get Jessica to, to believe a lie about why she had her phone. Right. Although I will say that that is a fucking lousy lie. If you're going through your partner's phone, the trust is so far gone. Um, But listen, so Lee confronts her and he's like, I saw you at the club and you had your hands all over him. I know what I saw and I'm telling Jessica everything. So then her mom picks up a broom for probably the first time in her life to do a hate crime on this young man. It's a hate crime. This is the only, it's the only character that's not Latinx or white, right? He's a young gay black man. He gets a broom to the back of the head for being loyal to her daughter. Yes. He's, this movie takes a turn here, but although I kind of blame Lee, AKA low rent Sam Richardson, because who is he a bond villain? Is he Mads Mickelson right. all of a sudden? He walks in. He's right. like, hey, um, where's your daughter? I just wanted to tell her how you're scheming with um, her fiance to double cross. And it's like, all you had to do was say, hey, have you seen Jessica? Oh, you haven't? Right. Oh, I'll, I'll catch up with her. Why did you have to explain to her that you knew her whole plan? It's insane. It's hack. And maybe he just, you know, I, I can tend to be honest, you know, yeah. to, yeah, to, a to a fault. fault. I yep. He might have a little bit of a malls in him. Yes, right. Where it's like, listen, I figured I figured out yeah. what you're doing here, yeah. and I am not going to use this information to help myself. I'm going to use it to hurt all of us, but accidentally. He's like, that's he, like yeah, he's, he's, he's one from. of those people that's got to say what he knows, which is super irritating. He's got to tell you everything mm-hmm. he knows. But I, I will say this. I This movie takes a turn here because she attempts to murder him. And I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see there being multiple attempted murders in this movie. Mm-hmm. No, no, not at yeah. all. Um, so, but also if you're going to do an attempted murder, like really go for it. Be this broom it. is so yeah. lightweight. And I know KFC doesn't want to get down in the mud and do like a poisoning or like a brutal stabbing or whatever. But then why bring your project to lifetime? Exactly. Exactly. Where that I mean, kind of stuff pops. We just did a movie where they showed a teenage girl's brains in the yard after she took a baseball bat to the head. Like, Lifetime goes there. If you want this shit, take it to Hallmark. This would fare well on Hallmark. Yes. But anyway, I'm a little precious about this stuff. So Jessica calls Lee, and she hasn't heard from him in a little bit. So she's just like, you know, just looking for you, Lee. A little does she know he's in the shed or something. Then Harlan comes up to her and tells her that he knows she made up her mind about Billy, but to tell her fiance that he can't be bought off. So I'm going to say Harlan knew what he was doing here. Yeah, absolutely. He was, he's been scheming, you know, this the whole time you think Harlan's innocent here. He's trying to have his own glow up at the expense of these rich people. It's not an accident that he walked away from his own chefdom at a high end 
French restaurant, Brasserie, into this house. He wanted to align himself with billionaires so he could ride those coattails. It's not an accident. By the way, the restaurant he worked at was called The Little Grapefruit in French. And Mm. sorry, I'm going to throw it out there. Not my type of writing. No. Kind of lazy to me. I agree. I agree. Because you're just taking a French word you think is silly and putting the little in front of yes, it. Yes, totally agree. It's very lazy. This, the whole script is lazy. I'm furious. So yeah. he's like, you know, this is all news to her. She didn't know about that. And she's like, you know, I don't want him. I want you. And they kiss. And Jessica's yeah. mom is watching this and she calls Billy right away. Yep. She's like, we've got a problem. It's also Christmas now. There's a Christmas tree up. And we do know that she was approving the the menu for Christmas dinner earlier. But it feels like all of this, it's just a little too convenient. They knew when this was coming out. I'm telling you, this is reallocated Super Bowl funds for sure. You're likely correct. So, yes. I want the confirmation. So Jessica comes clean to her mom that she's not going through with the proposal. And she's like, well, sorry, Jessica, but, you know, you kind of got to make it work. And uh, she's like, Harlan. Oh, she goes, Harlan took off last night. Rather, she says that. And she's like, I thought you knew. So Jessica goes and checks the kitchen and she's destroyed. Right. Right away. She thought this things were going to work out between the two of them, but it didn't. So she walks alone outside and all of a sudden there's this little bridge, you know, those little vanity bridges they put in someone's backyard over a man-made pond. Koi pond. Yes, I know it well. For some reason, this thing is KFC red. Unbelievable. And I'm wondering what the poetic element of this is. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's unclear and this is almost certainly not the color of the bridge they they repainted that before they packed up and left i would think so yes it's it's a strange color so i mean they're tacky but not that tacky so she hears some muffled yelling and um she realizes oh it's coming from the shed let's play this clip when she finds harlan bound and gagged in a chair in the shed yep 1248 to 13 39 Hello? Mm. Harlan! Mm. Billy, what the hell are you doing? Getting rid of this low life. He's ruining everything! Billy! Mom, thank God! Billy has gone crazy! Lee's escaped! What do you mean Lee's escaped? Just kill him already! Mom! You should have accepted my offer to get lost when you had the chance. Billy, stop. Billy, stop! This is all your fault! Alright, so let's fill you in on the, the fight choreography here. Billy has a knife over Harlan's face, right? Yep. And then we see Lee is now awake. He is... You know, he does the little sign to Harlan, which is Mm -hmm. pointless because he's tape. His mouth is taped shut anyway. Yep. 
Billy starts to come at him with the knife and Lee comes out and uses the tool that was once used against him, this broom, and hits Billy in the back of the head, which sets off the mom, right? And she comes, yeah, she comes right for him. And then I think her daughter takes her down. Yeah. Is that how that ended? Yep. That sounds about right to me. So she takes the tape off of his mouth and they share a kiss. Great end. Couple things. To that. Couple things. One, she barely knows Harlan. It's insane that she's this into him. She's gone through all this room. (laughs) And aside, as, as a man with a stupid mustache, that single piece of duct tape over the mouth directly on the mustache, I fully expected it to be ripped off and... It was it was causing me anxiety the entire time. It, it, I don't think it was ripped off. It, it did came come off, but not on camera. My big thing is, what's the motivation for Billy Garibaldi, who really has everything to lose? Like, no offense to Jessica, she's very beautiful, but Billy Garibaldi's got a Billy in the bank, like. Right. There are other Jessicas. He's not a, he's not a, he's not deeply in love. He's not. No. And yet he's banging her mom. Right. He's banging her mom. And yet he's willing to murder for her. And then what's the end game? Say he does murder Harland. What's next? What happens after that? Does Jessica go, Oh, well, there were two. Now there's only one. So I guess I'll just be with the one. Touche, Billy, you murdered the man that I love. Smart move on your part. Like, what's the, why, what does he get out of killing Harland? What's the point of that? I didn't understand. Yeah, because it's not like she's going to be like, fine. Right. <laughs> right. Well, now that the other one's dead, you win. let's make it work. Yeah. You know, no, there has to be. I, for some reason, I feel like just because of the paint schemes in the house, I felt I was getting like a, we're supposed to think this is in Miami vibe instead right. of Kentucky, which know. I also think is a yeah, little weird. Tough to know. But there has to be beautiful, decent women who are willing to marry Billy simply for the money so they can maybe go around doing their charitable things that they can get into that philanthropy circle that's really nice to be a part of yeah what's with jessica does she even have a job she lives at her mom's house right and doesn't seem to know anything yes she's beautiful but that's not enough yeah i know i know like element of it where she had an amazing family name or if you know she she was a, a star in her own right but she's really just sort of a dumb girl whose life is limited to the four walls she lives in yeah what's what's in it for billy why doesn't billy just say okay peace out i'm rich as fuck i could still mm-hmm. bang your mom if i want i'll find mm-hmm. another one like who cares and now he's going to commit murder for her to your point sort of about how extreme this has gotten you know obviously jessica's mom is not who she says she is in terms of caring for her daughter right but it would take a lot for me to suddenly get physical with my elderly mother agreed 
Absolutely. I mean, I don't know that Bunny is like legally elderly, but she's on this older side where you don't really want to go and push those people over. Yeah. You know, I would say she's in her middle 50s. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, she might be like 48. She's you probably might have, like as old as my mom. Like, might, honestly, like she's old. She's like about honestly, probably my mom's age. And I cannot imagine pushing my mom over to save my life. No, like, no, no, not no, at all. No, it's Never lay hands yeah. on my mom like that. It's a, yeah. So we go to one year later and she and Harland are marrying and Lee is officiating the wedding and they share a nice kiss. It's all very romantic. And then we cut to Serenity Falls Health and Wellness Center. Yeah. Jess's oh, mom yes. is in a sweatsuit type uniform. It's unclear at this point whether or not this is a mental hospital. Of course it is. Or, or prison. A, yeah. yeah, or a prison yeah. or an old folks home. Because Serenity Falls Health and Wellness Center implies like your kids are putting you here. But she's also dressed like she's in jail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, well, obviously, again, this is a one location shoot. This, they're on like the side yard of the house that they've been shooting in the whole time. It's, there's, they're in the backyard. It, to me, it was, she'd been institutionalized. This is a, this is a one flew over the cuckoo's nest situation where she's in a sort of, fancy-ish mental institution. Yeah, I mean, and she doesn't look great. She's very washed out. Her hair is really grown out. We're seeing a lot of gray in it that wasn't in the earlier scene. So fucked. And then a caretaker type comes up to her and she's like, you have a visitor. And then in strolls Billy, who looks like shit as well. His hair has gone nearly all white during this time. Yes. And uh, he tells her, I found them and takes a bite of the chicken leg. And then we roll to the credits directed by Gene. Gene. So I didn't. So you watch it online. I did the thing where I recorded it on my DVR. Like it's Uh like it's the early 2000s. And it cut off as soon as he bit into the chicken piece. And I was like, oh, my God, is there something more? Is there a to be continued? But you're telling me that's how it ended. Yeah, that's how it ended. Okay. And let's just. OK, so going through really quickly on IMDb, it seems like the actress who plays Jessica, she's done a lot of stuff. She's done like appearances on How I Met Your Mother. She was a series regular on something called Bosch. It looks like Oh, Bosch is a, she, that's an Amazon show. That's a big yeah, show. She was a, she plays Marissa on Bosch. Mm-hmm. And then. We have uh, Chad, who played Billy. Mm-hmm. Chad does. Uh, he was in the Saved by the Bell reboot, so I'm guessing potentially a friend of Mario 100%, Lopez IRL. Hundred percent, maybe has the same representation. That's a there's a connection there. Good for you, Mario, hooking up your boys. Also, Chad from Orange County, California. Maybe we know each other. Maybe, maybe maybe he was the one in the bar could be yes could have been him <laughs> and then the actress who plays the nurse emily she's done um a couple lifetime movies this one probably is the most notable the last client is the name of another one of course we don't have to introduce mario lopez and then bunny is played by someone named tessa 
Monroe. Yeah. And she has worked a lot, a, a lot, lot, a lot, a lot of shorts. And it's just looking at her headshots, assuming these are recent headshots. She's probably she was she was playing older, I would say, in this movie. She's probably in her late 40s, I would say. Dude, one of her shots on IMDb is fully her just doing karate. Well, that's a skill. When they ask for skills, she can... Oh, yeah, she's doing a jump kick. She's really going for it in that one. Hell yeah, girl. She's got great form on the toes. She's killing it. She was on SWAT. She did an episode of SWAT. So she's doing doing the... um, the procedurals, the rounds. I'm sure she, she she's trying to get into a law and order, something like that. Blue bloods. One of these pictures is just a grainy, looks like it was taken on a Blackberry selfie with Minnie Driver. Insane. Which, like, how does that even make it to IMDb? How? That seems like. That is crazy. How, do you, you figure she would take that off? Right. It's it's um it's a choice. It was like maybe, you know, maybe years ago it made sense to include shots like that. Crazy. But that that makes no sense. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, people got to work. Yes, totally. she has at least 3 projects in uh, that are completed for and post right now. I mean, she really works. Look, but this no, is a, a lot great. of eyes were on this. Like this is this was a good gig for all these people. Other than Mario Lopez, this is the best thing any of these people have ever been in. Although Jessica was in Bosch, which is a pretty big show. Although I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I feel like none of these reviews are worth reading because it's all going to be people who come in with an angle right away where I'm seeing 10 out of 10s. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, I think we've done enough. I feel like this was a deep enough dive. Yeah. Brian, do you have any other thoughts before we wrap up? I would just, I would just say that there's really only one review of a recipe for seduction that matters. And it's the one that you and I just did right here. On Mother May I Sleep. I agree podcast. with you. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Guys, we really, I put the pedal to the metal on this one. I wanted to get it out there for you earlier rather than later. I didn't want you going into this blind. And we had to get it up and cover it for you. This is a piping hot movie. So I hope you enjoyed this. All of Brian's information is going to be linked in the description of this. And of course, if you check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash solid listen, not only do you get tons of bonus content from all of the shows on our network, including Mother May I Sleep a Podcast, but you also get original little one-off series like the one we're doing now where we are starting from the very beginning of Laguna Beach and using Brian's expertise as a Laguna Beach local That's right. to examine the show. We have an additional fun lens to look at it. So um, thank you so much for listening, you guys. This is a bonus episode and I'm happy we could do it for you. Brian Beckner, you're the best. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.